Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attack those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said fight. You can't fight. He said withstand. You can't withstand. He said stand. What does it mean to stand? He said don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I, I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it as I said, and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome, David Baker. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. And uh, I am your host, and we're glad to have you here. Today I'm interviewing a good friend, Dr. Jeffrey Smale. And so we're going to interview him and find out about his life and background and future and what he's doing and maybe how he uh, and the ministry can be a help to you. So, Brother Smale, good to have you. Glad you're here. Okay. I'm glad so, to be here. Here for the weekend and uh, preach for us uh, on Sunday. And uh, great job, great sermons. And um, if you want to uh, have a good preacher who is strong, whose Bible is true, there's always a purpose and a reason it reason for it, I would encourage you to check out Brother Smale. It's done a great job for us every time he's come pastoring for years. We'll hear about that. So, Brother Smale, tell us uh, first how you got saved, how you grew up religious, and then when you got saved. Well, I even mentioned it today in uh, church, but I was uh, raised in a Presbyterian home, and uh, my parents were Presbyterians for about 50 years, and uh, they're not now. They finally are in a Bible-preaching church, but took a long time to get them out of that. but um, So that's the way I was raised, and, and they were Calvinist, heavy Calvinist, mm. so they just believed, you know, you're going to get saved no matter what they did. Wow. And uh, so they never did anything. They never gave you the gospel. And I'm pretty confident they believed the right gospel. It's just they never shared it. They called it private. Mm. And uh, so it never came about. We never heard it. And But I was nine years of age, and there were three ladies from the local Baptist church in town who had a backyard Bible club. It might have been through child evangelism. I'm not really sure now, but uh, some of the songs came from there. I know that mm -hmm. for sure. And, um, and so they had that there. That's the only time I ever heard the gospel growing up. And, but I only needed it one time, and I trusted wow. Christ then. Awesome. So uh, how did you uh, get to the ministry? How did that happen? You've been <laughs> preaching for years. How did you go from a Presbyterian yeah. home yeah. to an independent fundamental Baptist preacher? Well, I got into my, the tail end of my junior year and into my senior year. It was just like the Lord was was impressing upon me. There was more to this walk with Him than what I knew. It was such a, a, a general thing, and the church we were in—I mean, that they were 
uh, they'd play the Grateful Dead on a record album, and then they'd say, well, what do you think they were talking about? You know, that was their Sunday school hour, you know? Wow. And uh, so I never learned anything. I, I mean, I honestly, and we were in every Sunday morning, every service, that's all I had. Um, so I didn't know anything about the Bible. I knew some general stories. Uh, but there was this hunger I had to know the Lord better, and uh, and I went off to technical college in Columbus, Ohio. I left Michigan and went to Columbus, Ohio. Um, and there at technical college, it just was just overwhelming me. And I just prayed that God would give me a girlfriend who knew these things. And the next day is when I met my future mother-in-law, who invited me to church there. And then that's the first time I went to Independent Baptist Church. Wow. And uh, lights came on when I started hearing preaching. So, so it was a girl. A it, girl. Yeah, yeah I, got, I went to church for a girl. That's it. <laughs> it works, you know. <laughs> it, it is amazing how many times God uses that, literally, in my life yeah. also. I got in an independent Baptist church. I was looking for a good, uh, a nice girl to date. Where do you find her? At church. So yeah. I went to church. Didn't find the girl there. Got the devil preached out of me and finally surrendered. So it's amazing how God will use uh, those things to motivate yeah. men. Um, so, so you got an infant Baptist church and then when did you feel this, uh, call to ministry? When did you surrender and what happened after that? Well, I started growing in the church and, uh, in the midst of, of growing probably about a year and a half, they had Dr. Curtis Hudson in mm. and, uh, and he preached and I just really felt like God was calling me to preach and I went forward and, uh, surrendered to it. But it was probably a year after that when they had the national sort of the Lord conference. It was 1979 in Columbus, Ohio. Wow. And, uh, and Dr. Hudson was not yet fully taken over. Dr. Rice was still there. In fact, he was at that conference. But Dr. Hudson was there, and he was running the sword table. And in between breaks and stuff, I kept thinking, i got to talk to him. I, I mean, I surrendered on him, but I don't know. Did I do the right thing? I was wow. confused. And I kept getting trying to get courage to walking in front of him. And finally, <laughs> I just asked him, I said, how do you know you're, you're called to preach? And this is what he said. He said, I had a hunger and a desire to do it. And I prayed if God didn't want me to do it, he'd take it away. He says it just kept getting stronger. So wow. I based it off that. Beautiful. Went in the ministry. <laughs> so um, you went to Hiles Anderson College. Mm -hmm. uh, how did uh, that happen? How did you make that decision? Um, well, in those days, you know, my our church was heavy into everything, First Baptist and the conferences and so forth. And, and uh, so it was the only choice. I mean, we didn't really even think about anything else. Uh, but but uh, uh, youth conference had transformed our church. Hmm. And the teenagers had come alive and, and really became the leaders in the church. They became the soul winners and the bus wow. workers and Sunday school teachers from youth conference, the old days. And um, so it was like a no-brainer. Where do you want to go if you learn how to preach? Well, you want to hear Dr. Isles. So Amen. That's where we went. So you were married before you went to Bible college? Is that yeah. Right? I got so. married in uh, uh, October of 79. And we went to Bible college in September of 81. Okay. So what was it like as a married student to go through Bible college? Uh, what was that like? Well, you have, uh, in those days, you had the dorm students, which you didn't know because they were dorm, and you had the married students who were off campus, and that's who you hung around with because that was your crowd. And, uh, and we didn't have any kids, so there were a lot of them that had kids. So that even separated again, you know, because we looked for people that were like us that had just married without any children. And, and, you know, we found them, and that's who you gravitated to. Just it was a, like a natural thing. Wow. Yeah. So when you were there, I don't know if you know exact percentages, but by looking at the crowd, how many were high schoolers, you know, just out of high school, 18, 19, 20, and how many were married students and families that, that came to college? Oh, I had to believe it was every bit, you know, I would say on the bottom end be 40%, probably higher than that, that were married and so wow. forth. 
Yeah, it was a, a large number. And that's why it's kind of shocking today that it's not that way at all. I was going to ask you, you've been around in different Bible colleges. Do you see that now? And no. why are there not um, those men that are seeing the need and surrendering to that? Well, I think that in, in society, you know, without having a Dr. Hiles to motivate, inspire us, and, and give us the world as our vision, or at least America, um, I think a lot of times that the guys aren't willing to give up everything. Um, they're entrenched in their jobs, they're entrenched in their children, or they just can't leave. They just got so much going on, they're overwhelmed with debt or whatever. Um, and you don't see a lot of uh, older men surrendering to preach like you used to. Yeah. A lot of that came through pastor school, too. Right. So after Bible college, uh, then what? Uh, I went. I first went to uh, People's Baptist in Mansfield and under Dr. C.W. Fisk and worked as a staff evangelist with him. I'd go out mm. and preach, and when I wasn't, I was helping him at the church there. And I wasn't there very long, less than a year, when uh, Victory Baptist Temple called me to fill their pulpit in Elyria, Ohio. And uh, from the first time I went, they said, well, we want you to be one of the candidates. And I didn't even know what to say. I said, well... God wants me to. I'm willing to do anything he wants me to, but I don't know. And so a month later, they had me fill again, and they said the same thing. Well, by the third time, the third month, I knew I needed to be praying about this, and I'd prayed and fasted, and okay, let's go ahead with the process. And then they voted to sin. So it was actually this time of the year, um, the day day before Thanksgiving in uh, 86, that I started there, started pastoring. So how many years did you pastor? Pastor total of 30 years. 30 years, and how many different churches did you pastor? Uh, three. Three churches, mm-hmm. super. And uh, then what? So uh, what did God call you to uh, now, uh, <laughs> and uh, how did God get you here? Well, uh, Independent Baptist Online College is where I'm at now, and uh, and you had that great part in starting it and getting it together. And so you, you with the other guys that started talking about, well, who should do this or who should work with this, and contacted me and of course I was already had had been a part of uh, Lone Star Baptist College and I loved it. I didn't want to give that up but I did just to save a church that was dying um, and uh, so I, I thought I'm never going to get that chance again you know and mm-hmm. then the Lord brought that chance again. I, I really feel like sometimes it's because I surrendered the one for the other and then God said I'll, I'll give it back to you wow. in a bigger fashion. So you had felt for a while that God wanted you to be in college work or training men for the ministry. Yeah. Uh, what happened there? Because you were pastoring, but you felt this strong desire not to pastor, but to train that next generation of preachers. What, yeah. what was that? You know, you can see the, the places that are missing um, in guys' education. And, and it's just like somebody needs to fill in the gap of some of these things because it's not that hard. It's just a matter of they're not getting it. Um, and then, you know, some, some are just, and, and there's some wonderful, uh, resident colleges, but then some are just there, you know, they're not really mm-hmm. training. They got too many of the guy who graduated last semester leading them in pastoral education. And, you know, it's just a lot of, of things like that. And so, um, I always feel like if I had a chance, I'd like to use the experience God's taught me, but also use the things from the previous generation that Amen. we embraced that worked and still works today. Amen. You mentioned this morning about a preacher, an older preacher that worked for uh, um, another older preacher who would mentor you. Tell tell about that, just bringing that generation to you and then your generation to that next generation. Yeah, when I was pastoring, uh, our soul owners came across a man who was 85 years of age. He was in a wheelchair, 
and uh, and he was willing to come to church if we could get him there. Well, we had a wheelchair accessible vehicle, and we got him there. And and come to find out, he had been an evangelist thirty five years, but he had trained under uh, J. Frank Norris. And uh, it's like, wow, wow, now. So I'm 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 going through his yearbooks. I want to see his sermons. I want to talk to him. What did you do here? I mean, it was like a whole new world opened up to me. Wow. And what most people just kind of blew off, like uh, just you know the, the musings of an older man. I thought were gold, you know. And wow. he uh, he wondered why he was still alive. And I told him, I said, I, I don't know everything why you're still here, but I think one reason is to help a younger preacher. That's because it encouraged me. So you um, helped run another college, you went back to save a church, and then God let you go full-time into evangelism and president of Independent Baptist Online College. So tell us about the college, how long it's been in existence, um, uh, students, courses, all that stuff. Well, we're over seven years uh, old now. Um, we have, this as of this morning, I always say it that way, and it sounds redundant almost, but it does change. And it, and we could easily, I could, by the time I get home, I could find more students there that I got to uh, work at with the enrollment process. But um, 1,554 students uh, as of right now in the college. Then we have 157 Bible institutes from the Philippines, South Africa, and the United States. And uh, and those, we don't know the numbers because they're totally, we talk about autonomous, they're totally autonomous. So we don't know how many are in there. So, I mean, we could be another that many again, you know, or so right. um, uh, doing that. So we have uh, 32 um, faculty members. Uh, a couple of them have graduated to be with the Lord, Dr. Les Hobbins just recently. But, um, but we have some that are still doing really well at 90 years of age, like Dr. Tom Wallace. So we like the gray hairs, Amen. which I notice you don't have many of these uh, days. A, a you few. need to work on a, that. A few. So, <laughs> um, so um, with the teachers, so uh, you mentioned the faculty members. Um, what is the criteria? What do we look for to have in a teacher? Um, and what do our teachers have to offer that um, you really don't see many other places? Well, they have experience. That's the number one thing. Um, these are, are proven entities in the sense that um, they're not fly-by-nights, they didn't start last week, they haven't done something that was worldly. I mean, they, they basically ran their churches through the, the, the principles and precepts of what we were taught from the previous generation. And they've kept the faith that was once delivered in them, still Amen. living the same things. And, um, and now they're up in years, um, <clears throat> but they have a lot to share and a lot to teach. Um, the blessing of it is because when I ran a resident college, <clears throat> the difficulty was getting them men, those men in because you couldn't have all the money to yeah. relocate and bring them in. And, and, uh, but now you can do it because they could teach you know, online and then in incorporate in our college from where they live and they can continue their ministries there. It's amazing to see the 30, 40, 50 years, uh, Brother Wallace, what, 70 years in the ministry? Yeah, pushing it, 70 yeah. years in the ministry. To have that kind of knowledge and experience to pass down is just amazing. Um, we have Dr. Wendell Evans that uh, teaches a course for us, and I got to see him the last time I was in Hammond, and, um, and he's struggling with dementia, but his course will be there forever. It's yeah. amazing. Um, Brother Buchanan is already in heaven, and Brother, um, uh, I just mentioned, Hobbins. Uh, Brother Hobbins is now in heaven. And one of the blessings of it, and I love this part, that even after they pass away, anytime someone takes their course, we send 
um, the pay that would have gone to them to their widow. Yeah. And so what a blessing that is to honor them. And their work is still going. People are still getting help from it. But now the widow, we can still help take care of her. And what a blessing that is. It is amazing how many times it seems like in colleges, the person is teaching is the one that just graduated a year or two before. And they may be a great guy. And they may have good notes that they got from somebody, but they don't have that 30 plus years of ministry experience to be able to pass on to that. And it, it is it is different. Uh, we had one young man, he did three years in another college, in a good college, in a good place, uh, and he ended up finishing with us. And he said, honestly, I'm not trying to put down where I, where I came from. I'm glad for that. He said, I learned more in one course than I learned in the three years because of the people that were teaching it had so much more experience yeah. that others just didn't have. So, um, <clears throat> what is um, what is the goal for the college? What uh, what do you want to see happen? What's our purpose? Uh, uh, what's the overall goal and mission for the college? Would you say? Well, we talk about it being more than a college; uh, it's a cause, and we feel like that's you know trying to help the cause of keeping the old time religion still present. Um, there's so much that's, that's changing that, but we keep bringing back, come back to it. Um, it it's still the right way. So when it still works, preaching still works. All the things that people are giving up on still works. Mm -hmm. So we still teach it. Um, and so we, we, you know, are we old school? We love it. We love being old school. Yeah. Um, but that's a lot of what's being taken away today. I think if we could, to summarize it, say we would love to be a part of helping to save America yeah. by training the next generation of preachers and preachers' wives and soul winners and educators to be able to take those truths that we were given and find faithful men who will be able to teach others also mm. and keep that going uh, because there is a dearth of that and, um, and the need is so big. So uh, you mentioned Bible Institute. So what is a Bible Institute? How does it work? If a pastor or church wanted to do that, uh, what would they do and how would that work? Well, Bible Institute is um, you get your own website, and you set your own institute up according to what works for your church. Um, there are some guys that have their, uh, they use our uh, courses, our video courses, but they also teach some live courses. Um, and they maybe use some staff members that do as well. So they use a combination of live and, uh, and online. There's some that do all online. And they don't meet except for once a week to check on their students and their students run at their own pace. There's other guys who do a combination of those things. They really do what's best for them um, and what works for their, their uh, local church. So they can take whatever courses that we have, 81, mm -hmm. now is that right? 81 courses in our Bible college, they can choose whichever ones they want and then put those into their Bible Institute. Is that right? Right. So if they don't like Jeff Smale or David Baker, they don't have to use our courses. They could use some of the other guys' courses. Is that right? Right. Now, I don't know anybody that wouldn't like Absolutely. Jeff that's right. Smale or David <clears throat> Baker. But if that's the case, they can do that. And I like that because we are independent. You know, and so we're not trying to usurp authority over a church. We're trying to be a help to them and yeah. to provide a resource. We had a Bible Institute at our church after Bill Howes passed away and had a couple of good guys and the staff. And it was good, but it was exhausting. You do church work all day, yeah. Bible Institute during the evening. And boy, it's a great course. I just got done teaching it. And three people said, oh, whenever you offer that course again, I want to take it. Well, it would have taken eight to 10 years to teach all the courses right. that were needed to graduate somebody. And then we were killing ourselves doing that. Having this tool of a Bible Institute has just been amazing for us and our church to be able to have to teach and train people that are there. Um, 
how many people have you met or come across that got called to preach, maybe surrendered or didn't, maybe went to Bible college and didn't, but they didn't finish and they never went out into that ministry, but they, they know the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. They need to be. How many people do you think you've met and run across like that? Well, we it's quite a bit, and you'd be surprised. Um, we have a lot of students in that category. And it's funny because we talked earlier about um, the uh, married students and why aren't they coming. And so, so many of the resident colleges are servicing the 18-year-olds, but they have no married students. Yeah. But we have a heavy amount of married students who are in that same category. They started. They didn't finish. They got off track with children or finances or whatever. But they've never lost the calling. Mm -hmm. it, it isn't lost. And now they want to try and, well, how do I get back to it? You know, I'm not going to be the only 40-year-old in the college of, of 18-year-olds. Uh, plus, then I have to move. I have to get another job, my house, my da-da-da-da. Um, and so they can stay right where they are and finish up with Independent Baptist Online College. Awesome. So helping pastors, uh, I know you have a great heart for that. You pastored for 30 years, and Bill Howes used to tell us, guys, before we graduated, it's a jungle out there. Well, he'd been preaching for 50 years. I believed yeah. him. But boy, until you get out there in it, you really just have no idea um, how tough it can be. When I first surrendered to preach, and I'm, and I'm going to be a pastor, I'm like, wow, there's a crown just for being a pastor? Yeah. That's amazing. And <laughs> now the you longer, know why. <laughs> the longer I'm in this, <laughs> the more I realize why there's a crown just for being a pastor. So being able to help pastors, you mentioned first the Bible Institute, what would it cost um, and how would a pastor go about to say, okay, I, I would like that. I'd like to have a Bible Institute in our church where we could have continuing education, help them to get a degree, finish a degree, or just give the layman good courses to help them to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If somebody wanted that, what would they do? How would, how would they go about it? What would it cost? Well, they can, they can always call the, the, co the college phone, uh, which is on the website, at the bottom of the website, in very places uh, in the website, and they can you know get a hold of me. We can talk and answer questions. Um, but on the college website at ibaptistcollege.org, uh, across the top, there's a place for pastors, and they can hit that. There's a drop-down institute, start institute, and it gives you a video you put on there and all kinds of points uh, of help, and then a place where they can fill out for more information kind of a semi-enroll, you're not totally enrolled by doing that, but you can do that and then that'll bring the conversation to me and uh, we'll talk about it. But it's $199 to start your uh, institute for the uh, website. No, like like $10,000 or $20,000. No, right? $199. <laughs> wow. Um, so you guys are in this for the money, right? Is that right, why you do this? Right. We're <laughs> buying new cars every day. <laughs> it's amazing when we started this and someone criticized us. Yep, they're just in this for the money. It's like, you know, no one told us that. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, we're missing um, it. <laughs> yeah, I, I have still never, uh, I mean, the, the, the administrators for, what, six years hardly took, I mean, didn't even take a salary. And now you get a small one and we get a little bit every once in a while. But boy, it's definitely not that. I mean, yeah. if you could count the thousands of hours, you know, that we We've put into that. Uh, just for your courses, how many courses, um, and name some of the courses that you have in the college that you've taught? Did I personally have? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I taught uh, prayer, which I think is such a oh. vital course. Um, and I taught in each of the uh, pastoral ed courses, um, just the one portion in the first one, most of the second one, all of the third one. Um, and then I've taught uh, End Times to Eternity, which takes us from the rapture to um, to past the millennial awesome. reign of Christ, um, and then, uh, oh, biblical separation. Mm -hmm. I try to hit some of those key courses because 
you know, I think there's a there's a fault there, maybe not on purpose, but there's a lot of colleges that aren't emphasizing these. And so you got guys that don't understand why they do what they, well, why'd they do that? They call it old school. It's called Bible. You know, it's not right. old school, it's right. Bible. Right. So we can help the pastors of the Bible Institute if they would want that. And so they get to pick their own domain. We have one at our church. It's called FamilyBaptistBibleInstitute.com. And, um, and we, I like all the preachers, so I have all the courses in there. And our people can take those courses um, for just so cheap. They're not getting a degree, but they can get the courses and the knowledge that can just literally help them to change their life. And we had all of our teenagers go through the uh, personal evangelism course and incredible what it did to our youth group because they now have knowledge and they have experience and they have some confidence and yeah. so what it did to them and their soul winning in our church was just amazing i think every church ought to do something like that and uh, get the course and just play it for them and teach it to them and then practice from there so how else can we help pastors um any pastors maybe they didn't get to finish their degree they were out in the ministry before that or if they have a degree is there advanced degrees or training or you know they call those um, in most professions they have to have those learning to be able to keep on going. What can we do to help pastors with that? Well, um, as far as finishing your education, you know, we, we're very uh, generous in trying to help them. Um, there's a lot of colleges they have like, well, we'll only take so many transfer credits. Um, we'll take as many as we possibly can that fit into <clears throat> our format of, uh, of the education layout. And, uh, and then we'll take them from where they finished to where they need to be to totally finish and get their degree. So that's one way. Then we have masters and doctorates, so you can take it from there and, and go even further in your education. Plus then we have the Leadership Training Institute, which is an, an ongoing, just $15 a month, but it gives you 20 different courses that you have available for anybody in your church to take. So if you have somebody, they're going to become an usher, well, let me give them a little training on being an usher. Yeah. They can watch this. But then somebody else, they're going to be in the nursery. Well, we have that too, so they can you know take a few minutes on that and uh, and have some course training on that. It really helps the, the guy who's bivocational, who doesn't have time to do that, or some, there's, there's a lot of guys in the ministry that got the calling of God, never really prepared for it, but they're in it. And uh, so it, it gives them some outside help to be able to train their people for the ministry. Wow. So $15 a month, mm -hmm. they have access full-time to all those 20 courses to be able to help train their people in those practical things of Sunday school or nursery or um, ushering or whatever the need is. Yeah. Wow. So sounds like you guys are get, really getting rich from this. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, it's yeah, all about the money. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, to joke about that, because of course we know it's not. And I think if people really looked at it, they could see, wow, they are trying to do everything they can to make it affordable. Um, how much is it for a college credit if they wanted to get a degree uh, per college credit? Uh, how do you it's $150 a, a credit hour. Um, but we have so many different ways because we're online. We don't have the overhead of buildings and uh, cost of you know full time this, full time that. Um, so we can make things available. For example, if you want to purchase the entire degree up front, credit wise, and you have the courses that are placed into your personal classroom uh, online, um, you can purchase it and save a lot of money. You can save up to fifty percent doing it that wow. paying for it up front. You can, there's payment plans where you can still save 30% by paying uh, for 12 months uh, for the whole course. So awesome. it, it could be done that way. And then you have some sales, I think one coming up. Well, we January, have one but... the first of the year, which we're, we're giving you an insider notice, notice on that. 
Um, but yeah, if you purchase one, you get an, another one of the same size or smaller for free. Awesome. So, and we have some other things we're working on. We may have you uh, on again to talk about some of those some new programs just to be able to help people to be able to take these and grow with that. For pastors, um, you've been around a lot. Do you ever see pastors that sort of get stale or sort of lost their drive? Um, it's not what it used to be. Do you think some courses like this could help them to give them some knowledge and, and drive and purpose? Um, that was continuing education as, yeah. as lawyers and doctors and everybody else has in a professional profession, but yet preachers sometimes feel like they don't need that anymore. What do you think? Yeah, no, very definitely. We have pastors refresher, uh, where you can go and take, uh, um, X amount of credits, and it's just it's it's something to help you, spur you on, inspire you. Um, sometimes uh, guys just never been trained in these areas, and it helps them to be trained in those areas. But you know, we we don't have in a, American life anymore. We don't have the pastor school. Um, there's some good decent conferences, and we try to hold a good conference. But a lot of it's just heavily on preaching, which is needed but not on the training of it. So, you know, if you were to take a pastor's refresher at uh, IBOC, well, you can do it in your time. So you don't have to go anywhere. You get it online. You can do a couple courses at a time, one here, one there, class here, class there, and it helps you kind of set your own pace, your own pastor school, so to speak. Awesome. You mentioned I was getting ready to ask you about the conference. So tell us about the conference uh, the college helps put on and what the purpose of it is. And if they wanted to find out more or come to the next one or watch the uh, sermons from the last one, how could that be done? Well, Fortify 2023 is in the progress right now of uh, being put together. It's going to be at the Grace Baptist Church in Delaware, Ohio. And uh, one of my preacher boys is the pastor there, John Waterhouse, and doing a wonderful job there. Um, but the last one was in uh, outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Then we had a couple in our, my hometown, Mansfield, uh, Ohio. Um, but we started those because we felt like during the pandemic, there was a, a lot of struggling churches, pastors trying to find their way through something nobody's been through before. And we just wanted to fortify the things that are there. And uh, that was the idea is encouraging, strengthening, um, you know, let people know we still believe this and it still works. And, uh, and it's, it's grown from there. Last year was just outstanding. As you so know. It's amazing. You know, revelation to the church is one of the statements is to strengthen those things, things that, that remain, remain yep. you know, and uh, it does seem like a lot of times <clears throat> we've lost a lot and those things need strengthening. So, so this last fortify, what was the philosophy of that and what are the type topics that were preached and the purpose for that? Unless. Well, we, we chose on purpose. Now, the first two were, were pandemic-related somewhat, um, just trying to help guys feel their way through. But the last one was more so uh, addressing the things that are being attacked, um, doctrines that we've never had to really pay a whole lot of attention. We've already just always assumed we find it in the Bible. It's good to go. We don't need to sit there and have conferences. Now you got to preach on it. Um, from everything from alcohol to music, uh, to you know, simple Bible doctrines that are being trashed, so to speak, um, by people who are trying to do away with them. And uh, no, we need to bring it people back to are, that. People are changing on those things. Yeah. You mean Christians are drinking alcohol? Yeah. Really? And uh, it's hard to believe. And they're changing their music to worldly music inside mm -hmm. of the church. Really? Yeah. And some people are believing uh, they've stopped a pre-trib rapture and now believing some yeah. um, you know pre-wrath uh, rapture and. Uh, um, boy, just a lot of issues from Calvinism and uh, right. you know, that you grew up with. Boy, that sure didn't help help mm -hmm. a lot. And so, um, are those sermons available, or or will they be soon? Where would they go if they? Yeah, want to they those? go to um, 
Um, let's see. <laughs> I don't remember the the address for it. I think it's Fortify Conference. Fortify Conference. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, if you need help with that, you can email us the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. And you can hit it through our com. website, through yeah. the college website, our website too. too, to be able to do that. Uh, it was it was amazing, powerful, helpful for the churches, and I'm uh, looking forward to this next one. I think it'll be the same uh, to be able to help them. So um, something we skipped over and wanted to make sure we we covered that. Your family, uh, wife, marriage, kids, and the ministry that God has used your family to do all over. Um, tell us about that. Well, uh, I've been married 43 years, um, and the church that we are members of now while I work the college, and I don't preach out every weekend, and I really don't try to, but I try and go several uh, weekends a month. Sometimes it's for a revival, a longer period, a missions conference, um, but, uh, but we have a ministry to children and adults with special needs, and we call it the Gems and Jewels. Now, back in 1990, we started the first one. And uh, it came because our first child was born with Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. And so now we learned, okay, we have a child. I'm a pastor, um, but we have a child who doesn't, at some point in time, won't fit into the the normal structure of church. Because, you know, she has different needs. She's not going to be as, uh, maybe maybe always as, as, um, um, not controlled, but, you know, as always uh, normal, sitting in with, classrooms, and that's not the best word, but, you know, you're going to need to teach her on her level, mm-hmm. on her understanding, and so that's when we started that, and uh, and it's taken off, and not as fast as I'd like it to, but it has taken off, so we have 31 in America wow. now wow. that, um, and any given Sunday like today, there's probably at least 500 in those 31, uh, and that's just the ones in the class, uh, you know, Down syndrome, autism, other special needs, cerebral palsy, etc., but um, that's not the parents that come because their children are in there, wow. brothers and sisters that come now. So who knows? That could easily be double or triple that, you know. And precious people. Precious yeah. people. So, uh, so your first daughter was born Down syndrome, and she passed away. How old was she? She was four, and uh, her situation was not anything to do with Down syndrome because children with Down syndrome can live a lot longer into adulthood, um, as we have several in our family that way. But... Um, that we've adopted, but uh, she had an um, uncurable um, heart disease that her right ventricle was too small and uh, the blood flow was not getting around to the extremities of her body. And they tried then to shunt. They would not do a, a heart transplant, and I think they would now. Uh, but wow. it has a lot to do with the way the world sees people with special needs. Because yeah. uh, I have a, another daughter who's 26 with, with Down syndrome, and she just had a liver transplant. Mm. So 20 years ago, they wouldn't have done that for her either. Wow. But they've changed their mind about what they can or cannot do based on, you know, some of the prevailing things of society. It's not all bad. It's not all evil. But sometimes we just wake up and realize they're they're important too. Precious. So your whole family, how many children and uh, birth adopted and all? Well, we have 12 children. Uh, four are biological. Eight are adopted. And of that, um, six have special needs. Beautiful. So, so we're almost done with this, and I've enjoyed this. It's been great. Um, I want to ask you a big picture question. What do you see in fundamentalism? What do you see in this movement? Um, is there hope? Is it over? Is it done? Uh, should we give up? Um, what do you What do you see when you travel and you're around? What, what? Well, it's far from over. It'll never really be over because it's more. I think it's more in a movement. I think it's just Bible. Um, I think it was in existence, you know, always it just wasn't always termed sure. fundamentalist. 
Um, <clears throat> but you have, uh, oh, unfortunately, you got a lot of young guys who are being persuaded that uh, they need to have a new direction or a new twist of the old things. You know, the, the things of daddy ain't going to work no more. We got to get new things in. And that's not true. They will work. Um, you just got to work them. I think a lot of times it's an excuse for being lazy. Right. Okay, the bus mission didn't work, so we won't do that anymore. Well, it's right. a lot of work. And yeah, could you have filled a bus easier in the 60s and 70s? Absolutely. But you have to contend with what you have today, right. which is all of technology and all of society that has so changed from the 60s. When those days, they didn't have a whole lot to do. When you go back to the days of the, the Billy Sundays and the Moody's, well, they definitely didn't have nothing to do because there wasn't anything to do. Um, so it was easy to draw people into church. It was something to do. But that doesn't change what we should do and how we should do it. And sometimes we get focused on the number where we should be focused on what we're doing. Uh, let God bring the number. But we're supposed to do the right things. And so we see a lot of that where the young guys are, are drifting, um, thinking that this is what you need to do and changes. And they're being influenced by guys that haven't even, honestly haven't run a good uh, hot dog stand yet. And yet they're, they got an ear to somebody. And that's the shame of it. It's amazing how God rewards us according to our labor, uh, not the outcome. <clears throat> you know, if you want a crowd, you know, bring in a worldly person to have a concert, you got a crowd. Mm. Um, but you know, is that really what God wants and what God's looking to? Um, we forget we're not the shepherd, we're the under-shepherd. He is the shepherd, and he writes the book, and we're supposed to do what he said and leave the outcome up to him. Uh, is there anything that you want to say that I didn't ask you? Uh, anything that says, oh, boy, I want to say this or tell this or um, anything else that um, I didn't ask that you would love to say? Um, no, I think you're pretty thorough on that. <laughs> I do say, though, that I think that you ought to check the college out. Um, and, and even if it's not for you, for somebody you know or uh, somebody down the road you're going to come across, um, you know, one of the things we like about the college is the fact that uh, you could stay in your home church, your home pastor remains your home pastor, and the guy that knew you the best is still going to, you know, help you. Um, that's a big thing. We're not against the resident colleges, and, and we encourage and transfer credits yep. to resident colleges, but it's not for everybody. And uh, we've lost a whole generation of men and women um, because they don't feel they can go back to that. And for whether you think they're right or wrong, they ain't doing it. So let's make a way they can get to it and get that education and get them into the field. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, to be able to help pastors, help churches, and even help colleges. We've had colleges that contact us and said, hey, we got this guy, he's got six credits he needs, yeah. but he's going on a mission field, and we need him to be on deputation. Could he get the six credits through you guys and graduate through us so we can get started on deputation right away? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we don't fight those. We want to help and encourage all we can for that. So last question I have. So um, we're hiring. We need teachers. Um, so if someone would be interested and has a skill set, what are the type courses that we need teachers for that would have a knowledge base in what? Um, and then what's your email address if they're interested in being able to teach for us? So how would they contact you? Well, if you are a pastor, a preacher, we're looking to put all the courses of the Bible, all, all, all Bible books in, into courses. Um, we've got a good head start on that. Uh, but that has been like Dr. Gray's desire from the beginning is that uh, every book of the Bible would be taught. And I don't know a college that does that. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can do it yeah. that way. Um, but on video, you can. Um, so that is very important. Um, we are wanting to really get going with a music program 
and be training the next generation of musicians and and uh, choir directors and music coordinators and so forth um, missions we just and, and just recently I've been in contact with veteran missionaries and they're wanting to to teach in the college which we want them to do we want to really expand that so uh, a man wanting to go to the mission field can get his training and like what you just said they can also be on the road they don't have to spend four years then three years you know deputation they can do the deputation and the college mm -hmm. usually about the same time um, and you think about it when they're on deputation a lot of times they're not doing anything during the day other than maybe they're doing some soul winning or whatever the pastor needs or traveling but they could be you know doing their education at that time mm -hmm. so that's a great opportunity for them um, you know, Dr. S.M. Davis, just talking with him recently, he's got a dozen courses to bring into the college, counseling heavy, which we need. Um, so anything that's particular to what the church faces today, uh, what gets the gospel out, uh, what people need to be able to serve God today, we're into it. We're on it. And uh, you did a great job covering that. And also education, uh, being able to put education yes, courses I so, to say that. Yeah. so we can help churches that need teachers. Mm -hmm. A lot of times what they do is they go to the very few fundamental Baptist colleges and try to hire teachers from there. And a lot of times the product is not what it used to be. Um, but boy, the, every church that has a school has ladies in there that would love to be able to teach in their school. And if we could help them get their education training, their education degree, then they could do their student teaching in their Christian school. Right. And now they have a certified teacher that's able to go and train and do a great job in there. So um, I know we've hired through the years lots of staff. The best staff we ever hired were people out of our church because they yeah. already made the commitment. Uh, they want me as their pastor. I want them to be a part of our church. We already work great together. Now let's train them and hire them to do the job. Mm -hmm. And it's usually a great fit with that. So, so education, music, missions, and then any other Bible courses. If you're interested in that, what's your email? How would they contact you? It's uh, Dr. Smale, D-R-S-M-A-L-E at ibaptistcollege.com. All right, Dr. S-M-A-L-E at iBaptistCollege.com. So mm -hmm. feel free to contact Dr. Smale if you're interested in anything like that. And um, again, we pay, what, about $10,000 per course because uh. we are in this for the money. Is that right? So, yeah. No. <laughs> so. uh, no, but you do get 30% of the, the purchase price. So, um, And that's every course that's sold uh, that you have taught, and that is uh, you know, continual. That's so forever. you don't it's have to teach it, reteach it, and reteach it. Yeah, you have it there available every time it's purchased. And it can be purchased any time, day or night. We're open all the time. Yeah. It's really been a blessing that way to be able to have a course you do. You pour into it. It's a great course. But you don't have to teach that every semester or every year or every two years. That course can keep on going. Now you can teach another course and be able to have that knowledge and add that. It's really been a blessing. So, Dr. Mel, thank you for your friendship, for your leadership. Thank you for being willing to serve with us in this um, Independent Baptist Online College. And it's exciting to see what God's uh, going to do. And uh, if you're interested in having him to come preach or interested in the college or anything like that, feel free to contact Dr. Smell and you'll enjoy it. So, thank you. It's been great having okay. you here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at thefundamentalbaptistpodcast at gmail.com.